0: So we've all had this moment in life where you're like, man, I couldn't, I couldn't make that story up. Like Things just unfolded the way they unfolded, and you were completely baffled that the, that the way that things, un, that things happened happened the way they did. And those stories are always a lot of fun to share, and I was talking to some friends the other day, and I was reminded of one, so I thought that that's what I would tell you about in this particular episode. So, I moved to New York in uh, May of 2000, and in September of 2000, I accepted a job at a restaurant in Times Square. It was a theater, theater district restaurant, um, and it was called Cafe Unde Trois. So it's a pretty famous theater district restaurant. It uh, doesn't get a lot of like tourism. For some reason, tourists tend to go to you know the Hard Rock Cafe and you know, Fridays, TGI Fridays, stuff like that, um, which is plenty of that in Times Square. So this place really catered more to New York theater lovers. Um, so it was a really, really cool job. And, and a lot of celebrity clientele, Broadway celebrities and, and people that were or, or just even major A-list celebrities that would be going to see or perform in Broadway shows. Um, you would get you'd get them either before or after the show quite often. If they were going to see one before or after, if they were hanging out with cast members, whatever the case may be. Um, I had a lot of fun there. It was a good job. So I worked there until, I think it was February of 01, um, when I had the opportunity to manage this nightclub. So I went and I worked at this nightclub. And I was only there a few months. Um, the, owner, the owner and I didn't really take... But in the meantime, I had had uh, met uh, the owner of Bar Coastal, which is where I worked for the following 20 years. Um, and his name, you know, his name was Jason. And we had met, and uh, the uh, my direct report at the nightclub, um, he had put in a good word for me with Jason, so I, I took that job. So I'm at Bar Coastal now, and... Uh, Oh, I don't know when I started. I think it was May or June of '01. Probably June. I think it was June. And so I hadn't been at Cafe Trois since February. And as I'm, I'm already getting kind of comfortable, i know some of the regulars and people as they're as they're coming into Bar Coastal. You make quick friends behind a bar. And um, I so one day this this guy comes in or lady. I actually don't even remember what it was, but. They had some tickets to this event in Bryant Park. So Bryant Park is down on 42nd Street um, and Sixth Avenue, and it's just th- th- three blocks from Cafe Unda Okay, now a little bit before that, I, you know, I had been auditioning quite a bit and trying to trying to do as much work as I can. I was new to New York, and I wanted to you know try to break into the Hollywood scene one way so one way or another so I'd done some extra work here and there and auditioned for anything and everything I could and one day um, I just I think I was just randomly walking and somebody had stopped me and asked if I was interested in being on TV and of course I was like yeah so they had just had me fill out this questionnaire said that it was a, a game show a dating show and they needed singles and couples and at the time I was fully single so I filled it out as a single, and that was that. Now, this would have been in the summer of two thousand, so you know a full full year later was when I was at Bar Coastal. So while I'm at Bar Coastal, I get this uh these, these, this somebody gave me tickets to this event at Bryant Park, and what it was was the microsoft f i'm sorry Microsoft XP software launch party so the um you had to uh you had to have a ticket it was free but you had to have a ticket to go and it was it was kind of a neat thing i mean it was in bryant park but there was a a small concert that went along with it and sting was was on the on the on the uh, bill so i was like man i want to go just because i wouldn't mind seeing sting so he only performed two or three songs but i went to the show so when I get there I had my I was coming from uh, I, I lived in Brooklyn at the time so I was coming from Brooklyn and I had a, my backpack with me well I get to um, get to the how does this work I got to I get to the uh, uh, forgive me okay so I get to the I get to the show and the um, the security at the show said that they wouldn't allow you to bring your backpack in. And it was just an open-air park, but I was like, okay, whatever. So I took a moment, and I was like, eh, I'll run over to Undetrois. I left on good terms. I'll run over to Undetrois and drop off my bag there. So I run over there, check with the manager. Hey, can I stuff this back here? I'm going over there. He said, yes, no problem. So I get back to, uh, I go back, I watch the show, see Sting perform. It was pretty cool. Um, in the meantime, I and then after the show, I went back to so it So it's been maybe maybe two hours later, ninety minutes to two hours later. I get back to Cafe Unde-trua, And i and grabbing my bag, and the manager uh, Randy comes up to me and says, "Hey, uh, you got a call." And I was like, "Wait, what?" He said, "Somebody called for you while you were, what you know, while you were gone." I was like, "He's," I was like, "That didn't make any sense." And he goes, he goes. Oh, well, I, I mean, was it somebody that was, you know, looking for you over at the event? And I was like, no, nobody, nobody really even knew that I was going to this thing, and nobody, definitely nobody knows that I dropped off my bag here. I mean, again, this is pre-smartphone and pre-everybody being all tracking you know, all that crap. So, I, um, so he relayed the message to me, gave it to me, and I said, all right, well, thanks. And it was just, it was weird. I hadn't worked there since february and this is late summer so i go to uh i go i go and i call call these people back and they say they want to have me on the show and i'm like what what show and they're like well you filled out a questionnaire for us um the show's called change of heart and i was like oh man i remember that yeah okay i mean sure whatever you know yeah i'd be happy to do it so they gave me the rundown and um And that was, you know, I I accepted, and that was that. So, all right, so just to recap. On, so I I hadn't been working at Endetrois for close to six months, and I stop in one afternoon to drop off my bag so I can go to an event, come back two hours later, and in that tiny two-hour window, in a place that I haven't been to even, in six months, I get a phone call. All right, so I pick up my bag, I go, I call them back. Now, <laughs> uh, Change of Heart was a fun show. It was a dating show. If you don't know it, it was... Um, Lynn Coplitz Lynn was, uh, was the host of it. And it was a dating show where they took a couple and they took two singles. And the two... And so the couple each went on a date with a single. And on the... Uh, and then after, after they go on their dates, they, everybody goes on the show and they tell about their date with each of the singles and then they decide whether or not they want to stay together as a couple or if they want to have a change of heart and either date the new person or at least be free of the dating situation that they're in so I go on the show um, and it was fun i mean i had a great time um, the girl i went on the date with was cool um, and you know i was so excited for it to air and all that stuff well when we filmed the show um the guy the guy was clearly uh i mean he was he was kind of funny but he was you know kind of ripping on me and whatnot which i mean that's kind of how the show was you know we're supposed to make some comments or whatever um so he was uh he was definitely kind like if you if you saw the show he kind of had a you know, an air about him like oh, this guy, who do you think he is? Whatever. So you know, I just smiled and took it because um, I knew we had had a had a fun date and it didn't matter to me anyway. I didn't care. I wouldn't. You know, I wasn't trying to really date this girl. This was a game show. So anyway, I can't remember this guy's name. I want to say it was John. I'm not sure. So from now on, we'll call him John for the rest of this episode. Um. All right. Now, so we go on the show after the show's over um that was it didn't think nothing more of it it aired i told all my friends and family and so everybody everybody watched it tuned in watched it whatever and you know it was different mixed mixed feelings because it probably wasn't really a show for kids and so some of some of my friends were like uh dude you could have told us this was a little more than a pg show <laughs> sorry um and it wasn't anything too dirty it was just you know people making out and shit what Whatever. All right, now, we go to, um, a f- fast forward, let's say, God, 10 years. Uh, let's say eight years. It had to be somewhere in that, somewhere between eight and 10 years. And I witnessed a, a car accident. I was, I was walking home from work and at like 4.30 in the morning, and this cab driver cut off this car. And the car, and kind of pushed him into a parked car. And the um, the guy that was driving, not the cab, the guy that was driving the civilian car, um, it wasn't a real nice car. He bumped, he, you know, he slammed into a parked car. Um, and I was just like, man, this guy's gonna have a hard time explaining how he par- slammed into a parked car. So I waited till the cops showed up. And just I just wanted to be a witness. I wanted this I wanted to let them know, hey, I saw this cab, cut this guy off, basically push him into this parked car. Um, it was cr- just a crazy cab driving, whatever, and I I just wanted to let you know that I witnessed it and it was this guy was not at fault. So cops took my statement, blah blah blah. Alright, now it's a year after that. And my phone, I get some message and um, it's about you know, it''s, a, it's, it's a, it, this guy keeps calling me every day, sometimes twice a day. Hey,, um, you know, this is so and so. I'm an investigator. So basically what it was was this guy was he was in, I think he was an investigator f- for the insurance company, or like a claims rep or something. And he just wanted to take my statement, take my safe statement to basically comp- to make sure it matched with what I had put in my police statement or whatever. Or what the police had in their statement, because they were fighting with insurance to get money and blah blah blah. So I just kept ignoring it. I was—I forgot about it. I was busy. I didn't give a shit. So I—I um, I finally pick up the phone one day and I was short with this guy. I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Dude." He's like, "I know this is a pain in the ass." And he's like, "I this just sucks." He's like, "It's oh, it's always so hard for me to make these calls because I know you're busy and I know you want." He's like, "But I'm." He's like, it is my job, and I'm willing to do whatever y- you can. Like, I'll meet you at a coffee shop. I'll, I'll, I'll come to you. I just need you to make a statement and then sign it for me. That's it. He's like, I'll, I'll check. I'll come wherever you are. And I said, I said, well, I, I'm actually, I work this weekend, um, and I'm behind the bar, so I can, you know, we, we have, there's some time in between that I can, you know, if you want to come in have lunch or something and i'll and i can do it while while we're there and he's like yeah that's perfect that's fine he's like i'll do that so i said all right cool well i work on 78 the first you know it's bar coastal he's like wait a minute bar coastal and i go i said yeah and he goes uh he goes you're mike he's like i was like yeah because he had my information obviously and i he said were you on change of heart like 10 years ago or eight years ago whatever it was and i was like i was like yeah, how, how did you know that? And he's like, man, I was... Again, let's call him John. He's like, I I, I was John. I was the other guy. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. He's like, no. And then, then, I, then it kind of registered his voice. And I'm like, that's crazy. He's like, yeah. He's like, I, I look forward to seeing you. I'll, I'll, I'll be up there. So... He comes, he comes to the thing, and sure shit, it's this guy. And we just have this hilarious laugh, because the odds of this unfolding the way it unfolded, it was just like, what? So, he, uh, so anyway, he comes, he has lunch, I give my statement, he goes, you won't hear anything else from us, you don't have to go to court or nothing like that, I just needed this to file with the petition, or whatever the hell they do. And um, so I was like, all right, cool. And he's like, I was like, man, it was great to see you. He's like, you too, man. He's like, hey, I'm sorry I called you a duck in a lime green sweater. You know, I mean, because in the show I had worn a kind of sweater and it was green. And he he said, this guy looks like a duck in a lime green sweater. So I I just, he's like, I was like, I don't care, dude. That was the show. You know, we we had a good laugh about it, especially since it had been eight, nine, ten years later. So he goes on. Now, that was the end of that, which was, in itself, pretty crazy. Now, move ahead to about five years ago. We had a freak storm out here in October in New York City. And it was in October, and it was a a snowstorm. And it was, like, the leaves hadn't even started to fall off the trees yet. So you can imagine... The damage that it caused. It, and if you don't understand what I mean, if you're not from a leafy place, um, you know, all those all the, snow on trees with leaves is major weight. So these, so this snowstorm came through and we got like, I don't know, like eight inches or something crazy in October. And it was, it was just, it came through, it snowed like crazy and by midnight, it all melted. Like, it was just a, literally a passing storm with the temperatures right. But this crazy snowstorm came, and, like, every tree in the city fell over. Like, it was... I mean, things were uprooted. There was just so much weight on these leaves from all this wet snow. And it broke down trees, broke down power lines, broke down... It was just... It was something that nobody was prepared for, and nor should they have been. I mean, it was just a freak of nature type thing. One of those storms that's just crazy. So i actually went out for a walk that night because it was it was just kind of neat i mean every street was almost shut off con it had power lines down everywhere it was it was just a wild wild afternoon um but i still had we still had power in our our apartment and so that night i was uh, and one of the things that happened was the long island railroad um had shut down they had trees fall on the tracks and power lines down a lot of shit so Um, everybody, if you don't know, commutes from Long Island, Uh, not everybody, Uh, all the people that live in Long Island, a good majority of them still work in the city and the Long Island Railroad runs them back and forth in the mornings and nights, just like the subways. And it's a commute for thousands, tens of thousands of people every day. So these, uh, so this guy, so I'm home and I just, I was cleaning my apartment which in itself was a rarity. Like, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, it was always tidy or whatever, but it was like a neat mess. Um, but I, I, I wasn't one of those people that dusted and vacuumed every week. Like, it was a once every month or two thing. Right? I, just, I was a bachelor, I didn't give a shit. So, I'm cleaning my apartment. And I never watched regular TV. I always watch DVDs or... Um, nowadays, it's, you know, Netflix or whatever like that, because I was never really a TV guy, or I, I liked movies more, couple of shows I liked, obviously, but um, I, just, I just never had on just TV for any reason. So, for whatever, so because of the storm, I had put on the news just to kind of see all the mayhem, and I'm cleaning and vacuuming and whatever, and while well, they're interviewing some people at Penn Station that got stranded there because the Long Island Railroad got shut down. And they show pictures where it's thousands of people just pissed off and, you know, oh, can't we go, whatever. It's like, oh, hello, freak storm. But there was just people, all kinds of things. And they were then, so I'm, I'm cleaning. I don't even have, I'm not even watching the TV. And I hear this voice. And I turn around and sure as shit, one of the people that they interviewed that was stranded at Penn Station for long Island was this dude from Change of Heart again, this John guy, this John, if it was John. It was the most it was the most random, baffling. I don't I never watched the news. I never watched TV. The fact that this, that just this random day where of maybe four hours a year that I had the television on, and this guy gets interviewed out of the tens and thousands of people that are on the Long Island Railroad every day and the thousands of people that were stranded in Penn Station. And they pick this guy to interview and they say, oh, what's your situation? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm stuck here for the night, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's unbelievable. It's just it was unbelievable. I, it's still unbelievable to me. It's one of those stories that we've all had where you're like, I couldn't write this. Or if it didn't happen to me, there's no way nobody would believe it. And I don't know why I think that that is worth telling. I just thought it was, I was talking to somebody the other night and I was telling them the story. And I'm like, man, that's a good podcast story because just the randomness of the way that all happened. The fact that, that okay, I, I hadn't worked at this place for six months. I drop my bag off. Two hours later, I come back. I get a phone call that says, hey, you, uh, you know, you you gotta return this message, some TV show wants you on it, I called them, it's this game show, I go on the date um, this guy then calls me seven, eight, nine years later, f- because I witnessed a, a, a cab accident um, and it happens to be the same dude that I was you know, competing for this girl against on the show and then that's the end of that. Don't talk to him. Don't know him again for all these years. And I turn around and he's on my friggin' news station giving an interview because he was stranded at Penn Station. <laughs> it's just it's just wild. Anyway. Alright, well that's my podcast for this week. I, um, I'm i trying a new format here. I'm going to cut out a lot of the intro stuff. Um, and I'm going to cut out a lot of the extra stuff. I'm, I really want to try to chop this down and make it better. Make it more interesting. Make it not, a much, not as much dead time. And there's some dead time in this obviously because I lost my train of thought a time or two but we'll um again I'm going to continue to get it more compact and better as we get better I will shut up now I want to wish you all a good week uh and I want to thank you for your time I really sincerely appreciate it so have a good day and a good week and I'll see you again soon peace